Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to thank Southwest Turf Support as being the primary sponsor of the From the Jingweeds podcast now. Southwest Turf Support supplies golf courses and professional sports fields with the highest quality products and services. Southwest Turf Support is based out of Phoenix, Arizona. They also cover New Mexico, Las Vegas, and Southern California. If you do have any questions or interest, please reach out to www.swturfsupport.com. On that website, you can find a full lineup of all their products, and also you can find their sales reps and find out which one you're going to call within your area. Once again, I just want to thank having you guys on board, www.swturfsupport.com. Thank you. Mention that you heard them on the Jingweeds. Later. Stay pissed. I can do. All right, let's try it again. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 110 of From the Jingweeds. We are fresh off the Jingweed Invitational where uh, we'll dive into it because I got two of the opponents. Uh, Spencer, back to back, you're like another fucking co-host. And uh, Mark Stutzman, this is number three of four for you, so you might as well be part of the gig. Boys, what's up and have uh, have you spent all your money you won? Whoops, that was a joke. I feel like that was a little jab there. <laughs> hey, listen, that was one of the all-time comebacks or potential comebacks I've ever seen in Jingweed history. It was, uh, so dive right into this. Great golf courses. If anybody's got a chance to go up to the Reno Tahoe area, uh, can somehow get on to a few of these. Thank you, boys, for getting on to the courses we did. We played Montro, an absolute monster, I would say. It's definitely top 10 golf courses I've ever played, and it probably sneaks for sure into seven. I'm not sure if it gets into five. I'd have to write them down on paper, but is that's as yeah. far as a layout of a golf course. Uh, and then Schaefer's Mill. I loved that place other than the fucking greens. Uh, <laughs> taught me or told me to go get a putting lesson. And then we played Spencer's Place, Incline at Incline Village. Uh, another great golf course. Uh, I liked how it... It does what it, the name says. It climbs up the side of the hill where you get to see the... Are you at the top of the golf course when you finally see Tahoe the Lake? No, you're at kind of like the first view of it's on your way back down the hill. Mm. But yeah, there's there's about, I don't know, four or five different spots you can get a look at it. Yeah, that's great golf course. Uh, and then Grizzly Ranch. Where is that place? Because it seemed like it was in the middle of absolute nowhere. Yep, you nailed it. Uh, it was. Uh, nice we one. like to call it. We, we like to call it Port Toilet, but it's uh, Portola. Portola. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's in the it's basically forty five minutes. Well, from yeah, from Truckee, from Reno, it's kind of you know it's in the middle by a town that everybody probably knows or a lot of people know called Gregal Meadows, and that's kind of where there's a lot of hunting and fishing. And actually, let me rephrase that: no one. No one knows where the only fuck that is. We do. Yeah, yeah, only we do. Yeah. Only people that are from there. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But it was crazy. You're driving, driving, you know, wide scene pictures of the place, and you see pine trees everywhere, and we're driving, and it's like, where? Where in the world are these trees going to come from? It looked a lot like uh, yeah. Prescott on the way in. Then all of a sudden we took a right, and there were pine trees. And another great number nine in the state, it's ranked. As far as public golf courses or something like that, and like 
what you guys say? Ta- like 93 in the country? Like 95, I think. 95 got ranked last year. Um, just kind of made it on the list. And I don't know how much um, you guys have seen those rankings, but it's kind of political. I'm not going to say but I'm definitely going to say uh, it's a politics to it. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. Uh, they've been trying to get those They've been trying to get those Raiders out there for a while just to get them out there. And then, like, you know, you basically have to, you know, smooth the Raiders to get them to even play. You know, you, can't just, you don't just get the Raiders to say, oh, I'm going to come play Grizzly Ranch or I'm going to come play Incline Village or I'm going to play Shivers. No, you've got to figure out a way to serve them lunch and basically politics to even get them there, which is, you know, bullshit in my mind. If the guy hasn't played a place and he's one of the, top rankers or raiders or whatever in the country he needs to just go fucking play it and do you guys of course he hasn't played he play it do you have any idea what it takes to become a raider because we had one at desert highlands a member that i mean he was an okay golfer but he was more of a mouth than anything and then the people that i just yeah. saw when we had it done at the canyon you know it's it's a lot of people with graph right. paper and fucking you know little stencil shit and a laser and all sorts of stupid shit just walking around, but they yeah. looked lost the entire time. Of course, I don't know what they were really measuring, you know, and when they get out their yardstick. And then it was it was weird, but I have no idea what it takes to even be one. Obviously, it's got to have every handy. You know, you don't have to be a good golfer because you need to rate it as every handicap, right? Or you need a mix of them to go in there. But yeah, it is very much political. Uh, but anyways, regardless, all four of them really good golf courses. Um, I do advise if you do go up there um, and want to play any of these golf courses, four golf courses over three days, I advise do not stay in a building where there's gambling at the bottom of it uh, because it does <laughs> no good for your golf game. That is for shit sure. But the uh, what is that thing? The Grand Sierra Resort. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Which was perfect, perfect spot. Perfect spot to go in all directions for what we were doing. Uh, it was a great time. Um, glad we got a chance to go up and bring some boys in from some outsiders into the Jingweeds. And you guys have already told me that you're ready for another run at it. Oh, yeah. It's well worth it, huh? Oh, so. Did the two, the two hundred and fifty bucks isn't so scary when you find out that there's a f- very fair chance to win it all, right? Yeah, at the end of the day, I broke even, so it was you know, it is what it is. And if I had lost two hundred and fifty bucks and I got four fun rounds of golf, drinking <laughs> beers with the boys, then that was the price of admission. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was. It was. It's always awesome, and that's what the whole thing's about, uh, is playing golf, drinking beers. And for us, anyways, and I understand you guys are in the, I mean, you're about at the hottest point of your season, you know, just coming to an end, getting ready to put the whole place to bed, where we're down here ready to really gear up. This is kind of a little lull. The, the golf course should be the way it is, you know, as far as the summer, we're starting, you know, like I came back and... Well, the guys started verticutting before I left, but we're starting to verticut at lower heights, get them down to where we want to put the seed into it. But I still got three weeks to go. You know, so I don't call it cruise control because you're always still fighting to fill in that one little spot. And, 
you know, get this done, that done, a few things if you can, trim it up. But for the most part, you guys, it was very nice for you guys that are, well, Mark drives around in a truck all day long. But uh, Spencer and Drew to find the time to go and do it because I think both of you worked one or two mornings, right, before we even played yeah. golf. Yeah. So long days right there. And I know those are a grind when you got to wake up after maybe losing a round and, of course, drinking <laughs> beers and you go home, you know, after what was the night that we went to the, what is it, the Lucky Beaver, the burger joint? Yeah. Maybe one of the best burgers I've had in a long time at a restaurant that was fairly priced. Yeah. You know, had really good ones, but they're 28 bucks. That was... Well, and, and when Spence and I are coming down off the hill, right, we're trying to figure it out, and there's 55 different places we can go to, but the last thing we want to do is, you know, go to, like, you know... Not going to Chili's, yeah. Or, oh, yeah, Chip Chili's and or, you know the most fanciest steakhouse in Reno, right? So it's like, how do we kind of get this? And, we were, um, and when I came up with that discussion, I said, yep, that'll work. That's perfect. That's located. Yeah, that's a... smooth, local. We don't, we don't want to not do local, right? We want to make sure everything's as local as we can. Just like the pizza place we went to in England, right? Just like, you know, whatever else we did. You know, you, you want to make sure it's, it's local, have some local there, and, and, and I thought it was perfect. I haven't been to that one yet. I only went to the one at South Lake, and both of them were... What, the Lucky Beaver, the, the burger joint? Oh, so yeah, they, they got... one in South Lake. I think that's the only other one. I think that's the second and only other one, if I'm not mistaken. That was definitely the first time I'd ever seen burgers cooked at the bar on that little rotisserie grill. That thing was... That thing was cool yeah. like, where it was spinning and then it would go through like a third of the thing would be right over the char, over the flame, and then it would get out of it and spin around again. You know, it yeah. looked like they should have been making tortillas on the fucking thing instead of burgers, but the place was solid. Like we're, like we're at a Mongolian barbecue place. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Just rotating around the circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a good time, but the, uh, I mean, we'll just get to it. It was a... Uh, was a win for the Jingweed boys, uh, but it was it was almost an ass kicking. And then you guys, you did it right. You went to yeah. your home course, and you took the distance out of Casey's fucking bag. And that's a from that distance. I mean, you guys said it was a very. It's there's quirky holes, and there's quirky holes in every fucking golf course. You know that's what makes them all unique. But uh, you know, a couple of them there were interestingly quirky. And then Spencer played. Two of the, I mean, for a guy that you say is a 13 handicap, you had two of the better rounds, I would say, and I've never played golf with you. I would say two of those were two of the best rounds you've ever played. One for sure. I, I would say one of those rounds was, I was out of my head. Two of them were pretty much standard for me, and one I should have quit golf on, you know, whole four. <laughs> That was me at incline. You know, that was me know, at incline. I wanted to quit yeah. golf. Well, we did that not on purpose, but so when we so when we're down that much, right? We're down ten and a half to four and a half, and and the you know I didn't feel like other than maybe day one, I didn't feel like we played that bad. I, I really liked the format of the three two one at the at that one because even though it seems like it could be a big score, it wasn't that big. We played. Not the best. You guys didn't play the best. We were pretty close 
when it was all said and done. Um, I, you know, we only really got throttled day one, and then we held our own. I mean, you know, we didn't win any points on 3 2 one we, You know, the next day, we, you know, we scored a half, you know, three points to three points. And so when in the morning, you know, Spence and I, we strategized about the whole time. We had Brandon and, and Drew there, but we're driving together, strategizing, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? The two things we wanted to do right away were, yeah, keep the, keep the driver out of Casey's hand if we can help it. And also, you know, make Casey in the singles match play the guy with the most stroke. Right. Just yeah. so you had to give it to him every time, right? There's just no, I mean, I would have loved to play Casey personally, just try to whip his ass. But, like, you know, if, you know, kind of like what Brandon did, he, you know, he messed with the bull and got the horns on right. the incline yeah. the game, right? So we were like, we were going to do that. And then when you came out and texted and said copper or, or, or green, as soon as you said copper, me and yeah. Spence were licking our chops. Yeah. Like, all right, they did it. We know what we're going to do yeah. immediately. I shouldn't even have asked. But we were, I mean, we're trying to be... You know, and it's not like it was a feel-bad story at all. It was more or less like, hey, this is how we want... We want it all to be as close as we can get. We want the competition. We didn't want to go up there and fucking be like, God, man, shitty. These guys played like shit, or we all played out of our minds just the whole time, or vice versa, or you guys could have done the same thing, and we would have been like, oh, it's all their home courses, and we had to fucking drink beers and gamble our life away every night, and that's our problem, right? We definitely didn't want that, so it was just like, here, let's make this as fair as possible. Let's give you guys the ultimate choice because, yeah, you want some strategy into that. But if it was close, you know, if it was 6-6 six, six or whatever, it would have been like, hey, we're going captain's picks and we'll strategy. You know, it's the same way. So we just wanted it all to be fun. Let's give some money back. Not give the money back, but we want it all to circulate. You know, that the goal is to basically leave with the $100 that you won from the team game, everything else, and maybe some side bets, you take that money too, but everything else gets paid for in beers or dinners or whatever it is. And that's what it's all about. That 250 goes in there and 150, it's for sure, is for everybody to spend. And that's what makes it well, good times. Well, and then Grizzly Ranch is tough anyway, because, um, you know, they have a combo team. And, and I didn't want to play combo the last day just because but you know the green tee 67 almost 68 then the copper 62 i mean that's a big difference right there's not that medium right. for there so like and i hate playing combo tees personally i just i get you know it just seems like i'm yeah. playing one to another one to another it just annoys me so or just like, i'm checking green. every time i yeah. wheel up what, yeah. am I, what am i teeing yeah. off on what am yeah. i what are we doing exactly. here exactly so i was like i was i you know it definitely benefited us to be copper, and then, you know, obviously I think the way that we picked it out was good. I think, you know, I think the strategy of, you know, probably putting Drew against Andrew probably wasn't the best one that Drew's playing each other. Yeah. But he really wanted, I mean, he immediately after the round wanted him and wanted to, wanted to you know, and I, I, I would appreciate the fire more than anything else. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it, was yep. like, it was like, you know, what have you, and Drew was just, he, he had some rough days, you know, out there. But, you know, all in all, he never really hit anything like horrible golf shots. He just never really put it together. Other than, you know, he had a couple uh, he had a couple of therapy sessions, I would say, with himself. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. I, I just had to let the mascot in the room. She's 
itching at the door and now chewing everything. So she'll relax and get up on the bed. Frankie, up. Get up there. Get up. Come on. Up. And don't eat anything, you little shit. But no, it was a great time and it was fun playing, uh, I guess, you know, the bent grass greens that were still fast. And we always get to play, you know, Wickenburg Ranch out here. And it's always, oh, we're going to go play bent grass greens, you know. And you get up there and it's August or July and they're puffy and slow. Man, <laughs> Schaefer's Mill was, those greens were nasty that day. And you guys said it was the fastest you guys have ever played or had played in a long time at that place. For sure. Undoubtedly. Yeah. That was, that course has kind of been through it in the last, 10 years, really. Yeah. Best condition I've ever seen it. Greens were definitely faster than I've ever played them. That place was really, and that was solid. I, I thought I was, it was awesome. Uh, 42 degrees for us, you know, getting up there. That was a, for me, it was a pleasant surprise because it didn't feel quite 42. It was shorts and a light jacket, but I was like, yeah. oh, this is what we came up here for. You know, that crispy morning and Izzo, the dog, the big old fat chocolate lab that was there. He's barking and big old puffs of smoke coming out of his mouth from being so cold. It was it was beautiful, though. Um, But Reno, a lot hotter than I thought. You guys are smoking there right now, huh? Yeah, like 103 or something today. And that's hot as shit for you, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of warmest day of the year. Does it get like that every year, or is this like one of those, like, oh, once every five years it gets... No, uh, it's definitely, there's there's a week every year where it's just breaking 100. Oh, yeah, we came home to 108 and dry again, where we'd been cheering for, you know, low hundreds, high 90s, tons of humidity, Bermuda grass is growing like crazy, and we come back and it's just... Back to the crispy, can't throw enough fucking water on it right now. But so let's, I guess, let's, uh, let's, let's go back to Montreux. I mean, I know, you, like you said, it's top five, seven, what have you. I mean, in my opinion, that golf course, you know, start to finish, tip to tail with all the stuff that they have, with all the amenities, how clean it is, it's by far one of the best tracks, you know, like I said, in there. And, I mean, greens this year were absolutely phenomenal, 100% polo. You know, all the way through, Poa everywhere. I mean, they managed it really well. I never found a wet spot or a dry spot, really, on mm-hmm. the track. I never found, you know, the sand was completely clean. I mean, Drew needs to get a, a huge round of applause for how good that place is. And Spencer knows the resources, but, I mean, you know, still, it, it's June, July, August, you know, it's August. It, the amount of play they get is, is not as much as Spencer, but it's dang close. I mean, yeah. they are get pumping out rounds now, and they don't care. You know, in the, in the, you know, in the time frame before, it was like, all right, what have you, we'll be closed Monday, we'll do this stuff. Nowadays, they don't care. Their Monday is, let's bring as many casino groups as we can. Let's oh, make as really? Much money as we can. Oh, yeah. They'll pump around, they'll, they'll pump uh, events out like crazy. You saw when we were there, Drew was, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs because he was trying to get ready for an event. That's an every week thing now, right, Spencer? I mean, it's pretty much like weekly they have something. So when I was there, it got to be like every week. And finally, it was kind of COVID sort of reined it back a little bit in the last couple of years. So COVID happened and they're like, screw that. We don't need all these outside people coming into our club. So I kind of put the kibosh on it. And then they said, you know what? We're going to do 
five or six, and they're, they're always Monday events. So they're doing five or six Monday events. They're way bigger than they've ever been. You know, they'll do a double shotgun charity event for Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation or something. And, I mean, I'd play in it. Well, yeah. And it, that was always the joke when I was there is oh, all these guys are on the, the Montro tour where they just sign up for every charity event and come out and play Montro five times a year. <laughs> I mean, I ain't going to fucking blame them. I mean, their money's going to a good thing and then they get to play a good track, but they don't have to be, they don't have to live in one of those fucking houses. Yeah. Those houses, the, hotel, the hotels, you mean those were some of the most beautiful homes oh, yeah. I've ever seen. You know, yeah. ever. And that's, I mean, not like, oh, I'm, I see a lot. I mean, you head up the hills here and you see some badass houses. You head up to the courses up in Flagstaff. It's kind of that same way. It's like, oh, it's a log cabin. And then you're halfway down a 450 yard, you know, par four. And it's like, that that's house is, that's still cabin. the house. That's still <laughs> going. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Beautiful, though. So yeah. nice. And definitely not what I know of as a Nicholas course. That was a very fair and in front of you Nicholas course, as far yeah. as I thought. And I mean, I had you guys or Mark, you were in the group, uh, you know, the first, so we, you could kind of tell us what to do, but there wasn't many secrets. It was just like, can you get there or should you more than right. where are we yeah. going and what does this do? Yeah, it was a lot. It's a lot of like, honest questions and it's just going to force you to hit the shot yeah that you probably don't want to hit right in certain situations. yeah but for the most part you can make that there was a lot of risk reward there was that yep. there for sure but if you just went out there and dinked and dunked it around the course you could score pretty well it was only <clears throat> i think that only one hard dog leg right on the back side as the back side yeah, 13. It's almost like a, I've always called it a double dog leg because it's a hard dog leg right, and then the green is elevated left. Yeah. So it's like you got to hit two different shapes. Right. I always, think, I always think 12 is harder than that. Yeah, everyone says 12 is harder. I just 13 is my nemesis hole for some reason. Hey, hey I, had a, I had an eagle putt on 13, so 13 was easy. And nothing wrong with that hole. Did you make okay. it? Did you no. make it? Nope, no eagles. Any eagles? I don't think so. Not, I don't think out of our group either, or any of the groups that I played in. No, no eagles. Nothing crazy on the par threes. There was some. We played some monster par threes. That's for sure. Uh, Grizzly Ranch has some buttes in it. I can imagine from the tips, those have got to be big holes. Big. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the short par fours are normal well, that's, par that's fours too. You got big par threes, some par fives that are, they're three shot holes. I mean, I know Casey got there in two on one of them, but yeah. for but, anyone, that's a three shot hole. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And, and even and after he hit it on that second, on that, uh, first par five there, um, he hit that one ball and he just looked at me, he goes, that's as good as I can hit. A golf oh, shot. Yeah. yeah. 280. Oh. <laughs> and stopped on the green. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I can't even get a 56 to legitimately stop on a green, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Spinning yeah, spinning a three-wood from 280. I mean, it is downhill, well, but see, still. I think, 
I think both Schaefer's Mill and Grizzly Ranch have that risk-reward uh, feel to it if you've played it a couple times. I mean, even the Grizzly from the Green, you know, you've got two par fours that they give you back, and you got two par threes that they try to take it away. And then everything else is pretty fair. I mean, it's, you know, 12 is a stupid hole. We all agree. You just kind of tell yourself that you're playing it backwards. You're playing your eight iron, seven iron, six iron, five iron first. And then you got to play your three wood. Yeah. Think about it that way or your drive, you know, whatever. Then it makes sense. But if you, when you go up there and you can't, you take driver out of your hand on a par five, you're just pissed. And then yeah. three is a tough hole because of the way it necks down. You know, down at the front, right? It just kind of necks and gets everybody kind of into that spot where you got to hit something pretty accurate. But then 11 and 15, they give you right back. I mean, you just drive the green on 11 if you hit a decent drive. And 15, even if you're not a big hitter, you've only got 20 to 30 yards in the front before right. you can yep. get on. So, you know, 15 and 11, they give you back. But you're right. The, the part threes are pretty long. Um, you know, I, I play that place in, in – in different sections where it's like survive these three holes, go for these three holes kind of thing. And Schaefer's the same way. I mean, Schaefer's had that hole 11, same thing. You can get it on there if you really wanted to. You know, a couple other ones. Yeah, their part fives are pretty, you know, accessible, to be honest with you. Some of the fours are difficult, but to, to relay um, Spencer's sentiment, I mean, by far, hands down, best I've ever seen the place in my life. And, I mean, it's been around for a while, and for what that guy does without a shop is just amazing. I know. His shop makes me laugh. Like, oh. when you brought me out there when I was up there this winter, I was blown away. And the amount of money that they spend for how many years bringing their equipment back down into Reno, from, right, you said to Reno? Or no, does it stay up in Truckee, or does it go down no, to Reno? No, for Reno. No, for Reno. So they... So what they do is they, like, there's a car, you know, like and all they do is, uh, all they do is, uh, you know, basically haul those equipment with the cart store. The cart, the cart barn hauls it for right. them. They pay the cart barn a bunch of money. They house everything back at, the, at this yard. You know, for the mechanic, the mechanic lives kind of south of Reno a little bit. So for him, he loves it. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't have to go to Truckee, deal with snow. I just go to Reno. I'm by myself. Everybody leaves me alone. I do what I need to do. Screw it. But in the summer, he's coming back through. But, I mean, to not have any kind of coverage, to not have, you know, when, when we're about to get cold here in another month, I mean, they're going to be, you know, every single machine is going to take 20 to 30 minutes to warm up before they even get going. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because it's going to be thirty degrees. It's going to be twenty-eight degrees. They said there was and frost. So they're going to have to wipe off frost. A frost week ago yesterday. Yeah. You know, you said it was Saturday. You had frost, so that was a week ago yesterday. They had frost, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, holy shit! That's and Gus is, you know, we roll in there for us pretty bundled up, and he's in a vest and a hoodie and pants and boots, and he's like, yeah, this won't come off for hours. It's like, oh, I'm. That's what December feels like here, but here I'm fucking, I'm a pussy when it comes to. How many, uh, hey, how many, um. You know, that was, that was wild. Um, yeah, so we wheel in and we land and, 
uh, we're in the airport and we're kind of walking through and it's just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, we joke that Reno is, well, we don't joke. Reno is a different city. Very different. It's baby Vegas. That's how I see it. It's baby Vegas and it doesn't even get to baby Vegas, you know, so it's just so scrubby Vegas. And we roll in there and there's weirdos. I mean, I say weirdos. I see it's Halloween in the airport. It's like, what in the world is going on here? And we go to the baggage claim and there's a table set up and there, you know, a guy in a top hat. And these are folks are way older than me. Uh, look like a husband, wife team, purple hair and all sorts of shit, big old top hat. And they got this, just a folded out table with scratch paper and they're signing people up for rides. You want a ride? You want a ride? And it's like, what a fucking ride. There's Uber, there's cabs, there's shuttle services. I'm sure to every one of these goddamn casinos, what's going on? Off we head to the casino and uh, we roll in there and it's like, holy shit. Everybody at the airport is here at this exact casino. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the fuck is going on? So finally we asked and it was, oh, Burning Man's in town. And we were told that as if, you know, I know what Burning Man is. Never been, but I'm full aware of what it is. Um, Andrew was blown away at what Burning Man is. It's yeah. go to the, what is it? The What desert the is that? It's the just the salt flats? basically the salt flats and they just make a city and apparently just get naked in foam pits play music and ride bicycles covered in neon lights that's and then they light a huge fire and do a shit ton of drugs and well that's by asking (laughs) the guys that were around especially the dude that was at the craps table i mean he was a legend he just he looked kind of looked like scrubby matt groaning um definitely had some money uh was gambling a ton so or at least at the end of the night he had some money and we just kind of said you know what are you doing here we knew burning man was going on and we figured that maybe he was going but we wanted the story and we acted dumb and we we got the story he has him and his clan have the most amount of water which i bet is a big commodity when they go to that everybody's on drugs and they're spending their last dime on their ride from the airport or spencer you said you wheeled into home depot and the place is just empty of anything good and people don't have a, a way to get half the shit they they just picked up up to burning yeah. and they're just waiting for a ride you know it's like woodstock every year up there and uh so the guy says yeah we bring the most water and we have all these pools set up and we bring inflatable pools and all this other shit. And he's like, so for the next four days, I'm just going to get into the foam pit naked and just hang out. But it's not, se- <laughs> but, but that's not sexual. It's not sexual. He made it a point. <laughs> he, he looked like the biggest predator going and, you know, just stereotype. He was, it was going to be sexual. And it has been for the past 20 years that he's been going to this foam pit with his little button hanging out, hoping it'll rub against somebody. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's Sounds about right. I've heard, you know, my wife's one of her really good friends. They go every year um, and they have a school bus that they literally bought for this thing, you know, yeah. um, and they, the husband, you know, converted the whole thing. 
not really to a camper, but to a Burning Man vehicle, whatever that means. And uh, he doesn't have a normal name like Steve or Mark or Matthew or Spencer. His is Serpent. We call him Serpent. You know, it's, uh, you know, do you take Serpent to be your lawful leaded husband? It's like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Like Serpent? (laughs) Okay. He goes to Burning Man every year. Yeah. But I would, I mean, I'm the guy that would say, let's go. I'm not going for a full week, but I'm going to, it's like a bad car accident. I got to go see it, you know? That's kind of how I, I look I at it. Day. I don't think I could go for a day. If I was 25, I could go for four days. But <coughs> I could definitely go no. check it out. Because I'm sure there's normal parts of it. You know, it's just the people that are just trying to le- relive their childhood and they probably roll in in like a $200,000 RV and they park oh, sure. way over in the corner and it's just camping and they're just watching the freak show for the weekend. You know, and they're reliving their childhood, pop a couple mushrooms and just sit back and watch. You know, whereas there's the guy at the craps table that that's his job. His job is to pull down his little tidy whities and get into a foam pit with hopefully somebody that'll fucking brush up against his button. (laughs) Oh, so funny. But uh, yeah, I guess it's somewhat good to be back here and the old Arizona get it grinded out, but it was awesome to be up there. I, I can't, I mean, can't thank you guys enough for the hospitality. It, it was definitely the cheapest jingweeds. We kept saying that the whole time. Like this is the fucking cheapest jingweeds. Just if we would win thank at the casino, if we would win thank at the casino, it would, well, it would have been real good. Be- thanks to Brandon Bell too, oh, right? So, absolutely. Yeah, the fourth member that was able to hook up the rooms and then everything else and, you know, you guys can tell, you can see how much of a fun character he is. To play golf oh, for better. sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, you know, he played D1 hoops, so he's got this competitive fire in him. And you know what else it did? It stretched the diversity of the Jingweeds tournament. He is the first <laughs> African-American to join the group. So here we are. Look at us. We're all inclusive, right? And we kept giving him shit too. And he just takes it and gives it right back. Like, he can talk right shit with, with anybody. And it's good because it's, you know, like we are. It's all in good fun. You know, we say shit. Yeah. And if you don't think it's funny, listen, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. Tough shit, right? And that's that's life. Right. Tough shit if you don't like it. So, so Spencer, before we end up on, you know, finishing up on, the, on that, did you ever figure out who the member or season pass oh. holder was? Oh, did you the fucking move on the tee? On incline, I mean, do we have we? I am not shocked that you have not like backdated who it was to figure out and you know like what the hell that was all about. And if it yeah. was if it wasn't your golf course, I would have had a field day with that guy. Just oh, just generally, I would have been very nice about it. I would have been just inquiring, you know, like so, how this so, goes. So to tell the listeners the story, we're sitting there. We have a 136 and a 148 team time. We go up to the first tee. There's a starter there, and it's just us eight. And we're watching these guys tee off, and there's a foursome in front of us, and we're just sitting there waiting, kind of figuring out who's playing who, what's going on, getting our bearings, checking in with the starter. He gets the cards, gets the names. Who the starter was great. Yeah. The, your starter yeah, was he, great. 
Yeah. If he's got that and attitude with every group that comes up there, gold stars across and don't put that guy in any other position but fucking starting every day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden on the left, we see these two people, which I don't ever remember them getting in front of us, behind us or what, but they came out of the tree. <laughs> then all of a sudden, yeah. they wheeled they just, up the bank around yeah. the trees between the bushes and it was like, what the hell? Indians. And they just were going to tee off in front of us whether we liked it or not. And didn't acknowledge us, didn't ask, didn't say a word. It was 136 on the dot. We were on the clock. We were on the tee. We were next up. And all of a sudden, this guy's just saying to Steve, or I think his name was Steve, just, hey, are we up? We're, we're, we're going, right? We're going. Like, they're looking at us like, we're kind of looking at them like, are you going to hurry up? It's all like, what, what is going on? Have you asked us? Like, what the heck's going on? And they just proceeded to tee off in front of us. And the rest of the round, I proceeded to annoy the fuck out of them as close as I was by <laughs> watching my golf club or clapping or doing anything when they were teeing off. Because yeah. I couldn't believe the idea of of that. And I really wanted to go up to them and go, what is your problem? Like, yeah. well, where, where, did you, where did this come from? Like, all you got to do is ask. I don't think any of us would have minded to let them go because they probably would have caught us on the next team. Absolutely. All you got to do is just yeah. say yeah, the right. the sense of entitlement. That's I want again. Let's tap into that dude's brain the minute he grabbed his clubs in the garage on the way out. You know, in his I think there was one. There was definitely a leader of the pack, and there yeah. was one just kind of like, "All right, I guess this is what we're doing." You know, he definitely wanted no part of it. He just was like, "Hit and run, hit and let's let's move on." Well, the other part that interested me about that, so the one guy I know has a membership, and he's in charge of one of the men's groups or clubs or whatever. Was that the main guy or the other guy? Yeah, the main guy. The other guy, though, I I don't know who that is. And I think it was probably a, you know, like a guest or a buddy from out of town or whatever. But the starter didn't know about it. The pro shop didn't know about it. And I'm 98% certain that he just fucking got that guy on for free and didn't pay for the round you know it was yeah hey sometimes you just gotta act like you've fucking been there and you belong there and no one will ask questions if you go in and start asking questions that's when there's answers and they're probably not going to be the ones that you want to hear when you're in that situation so just fucking own it be a dick and 15 minutes later they're gone and i mean we never after probably the fifth hole we didn't see him again no well, you know. Spence and I saw him go in front of us on three, I think it was. They they started going in front of the other group on three. And I was telling Spence, like, I wanted to ride over there and just, like, rattle their shit. Yeah. Like, literally go up to the green and be like, what were you doing? Yeah. Like, just the, the amount of disrespect was yeah. unbelievable, you know? But, I mean, he he had the look of it on his face that he does it everywhere. He, he, cuts, oh, yeah. in, he cuts in front of the old lady at the grocery store. You know, he can't believe he's paying what he's paying at the restaurant. You know, he's always got something to fucking say. You know, yeah. oh, I'm good, right? You know, puts down his bills 25 bucks. Oh, here's a 20. I'm good, we're good, right? Yeah, I'm good. And out the door he goes with the pizza in his hand. Yep. And before yep. you're like, what the fuck? That guy's wheeling away. And you're like, are you kidding me? Did that really just happen? So he's made it to a house in Tahoe. By scamming people and cutting lines. <laughs> Fucking prick. Wait a second. I seem to be doing things wrong. What am I doing? Then we got, then we got lucky enough to go to the baseball game, which I thought was great. Mm. 
<laughs> yes, one of us not so much, but yeah, the rest oh, of us. The rest he of was, us. He was. He was. Uh, he was lubricated. He, dude, he put on a performance of a lifetime. Um, he put in a good show. So back to Grizzly Ranch's little halfway house, right? Or whatever that is, and that's and yeah, it's a halfway house because you do cut in front of it. Um, if I went up there to spend the day, it would be four hours on the golf course and for sure four hours in that thing. Watching people finish sitting on those chairs or the picnic tables right in front. That little cabin fully stocked. It's a cool-ass cabin, too. It's a little sunken bar looking out the windows over 18. I mean, that thing was that was awesome. Um, but, yeah, he uh, had a couple whiskeys there, um, then moved on and... We went to the the baseball game. We went to the Aces. You know, Leah got us out there or got us to go sit in the... We were basically in her shop, stocking her shop with beers. And then we sat up on that little causeway um, just watching the game. And Andrew at one point just had no part of it. And then we went out after and continued boozing. And uh, thank God, it's always nice to have ryan copenhaver with us superintendent tatum ranch he doesn't drink so we always have a designated driver so we don't have to usually deal with ubers or anything like that but uh we made it back to the hotel and he was fired up to go back and play uh craps and then it was craps then to blackjack and when we had to get up at eight o'clock in the morning to start heading to the airport he said he rolled in at 4 30 and he looked and he looked it and you guys saw him at 5.15 when we walked off the golf course. The fucker made it another nine hours. That's <laughs> I don't know where he got the oomph. Well, you know, once we had food in us, maybe. But, I mean, still, it was a performance well, of a lifetime. Even at the baseball game, he was he was staring right through you. Oh, absolutely. He, but the best, he was so much better. After we got to the craps table and he got going on that, it was like, just trying to think and do math and everything in his head and playing cards, he got more sober. But, I mean, he got rid of the whiskey, obviously, but and he didn't slow down at all. But he was, when I left him at 1230, he was way better than he was at 7 o'clock, for sure. But he well, just we, uh, grinded right through we, it. We all kind of didn't get any food, so then we went over there and everybody kind of, you know, we were all trying to figure out something and um, Casey, myself, Ryan, and, and Andrew all just went to go walk. You guys were kind of hanging out at the at the spot. Drew and, and Brandon didn't join us, but um, yeah, we started walking. And Casey had to get something for his kid from the team shop. And Ryan and I are all just kind of there. And Andrew didn't know where he was. We just lost him two different times. We didn't know where he was. It was like a kid. Oh, yeah. He had that leash, you know, yeah. with a backpack. Like, where are you? We had no clue. So finally, Ryan and him kind of looked and said, oh, we're going to go here. And Casey and I went, yeah, we're not going to hang out with you guys anymore. We're out. And so we walked away, went down to one place that was like the pizza place. And you talk about somebody that doesn't know how to do math. The dude at the pizza place was not carting anyone. Kids and everybody were going in there. And me and Casey are going, what the heck is going on? The kid doesn't know what he's doing. We're like, yeah, I think we need to go somewhere else. We got to the taco place. There's nothing left for tacos. They're literally scraping up the remnants off the flat top. Oh. And we're going, oh, what are we going to do? And so we ended up going back to the original 
And then Spencer and you were calling me going, hey, get us some food. And I was like, no, we're not getting you. This is not, yeah. I'm not spending $18 on something that was microwave. There's food, and, there's know, food in Montucky's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Tuesday night of the game was not the best uh, food, um, you know, situation. It was fun going back to a baseball game, though. It's been a long time since I've been, you know, and it was so, like, we kept saying to Andrew, as he's saying, oh, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And he's leaning against the fence, and then he's over on the lawn being, you know, being Andrew, right? He's, you guys, I'm glad you guys got to see Andrew and Otis. They're the same person. Otis plays at the craps table and gambles on the golf course, and Andrew does that at the baseball game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally, that's exactly what it is, right? But, uh, and we're like, what else are we going to do? It's 7.30 at night. It's 73 degrees and breezy. And we're just hanging out watching a baseball game. Just hanging out with, again, friends, bullshitting and drinking beers. Do I have any and, idea and, what and happened drinking, in that baseball and, game? I have no idea. No clue. Well, I know the Aces I know won. won. I know we won. Yeah, the Aces won. And, and the other part that's the best, I tell anybody, is you're getting beers from the fridge at the maintenance shop yeah. still hanging out. You're not spending $18 a beer, yeah, right. right? You're just you buy your beer in, you park in center field. You don't have to park 15 miles away and nope. walk in. You literally get to just fake walk the door, come back in. It's the best in the world. And then we're getting called out by the COO of Leah's because we're out on the field. And she's getting the, why are these people here? Yeah, she was gonna, he, said, he said he was going to send <laughs> security down. Yeah, I think, a for I think what? The reason was, I think the reason was Spencer. I think it was just all of us would have been okay. When yeah. they saw the large Yeti out there, they thought, okay, we might have to protect We might have to take, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, <laughs> fuck, it was funny listening to her. She's just like, um, they're all golf course superintendents uh, just hanging out here. But, man, what a... What an operation working on a ball field like that. I mean, it's like strike three, you know, bottom of the ninth inning, it's strike three, three outs. See you later, baseball team, and they just snap into action for however many hours, depending on what, you know, the next day, you know, early game, late game, maybe it's not even a homestand. But just watching that just snap to immediately was like, holy shit, this every you know, eight, how many times does AAA play? 60 times a year, home games? 60-something? Plus they do all those yeah, concerts wanna, and bullshit and the uh, yeah, Nitro say, surface, Circus. Yeah, I want to say it's a little less than regular baseball by 20 to 30. So yeah, because they were almost done, right? By two. They are almost yeah, done. Yeah, pretty close to being done. And you know what they've, where they've really made money are these... Um, these uh, Hispanic and Latin concerts. They've been doing those, I think Leah was talking about yep. before, that are just cash cows. They're making yep. so much money on those, they can't, you know, stop doing it. Other than the fact that you saw the where the forklift went on the field and ruined her field on the one side and yep. some of the other stuff. But, like, the amount of money they're making on that is is way more than the baseball. I was going to say, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't covered by, you know, the team and what are they, they're an affiliate of the D-backs, right? So then it's covered right. by, which... Are they now connected with Major League Baseball, or is it a different organization? Do you guys know? Well, I, if you if you remember her saying the owner is the same owner as the Pacers, 
Uh, which yeah. was interesting. So she was saying that, but I don't, I don't think they have anything there. I do know that Major League Baseball has put in a lot more rules and regulations for everything. Like she has to send her agronomic plan to a baseball right. person now. She has to send all that stuff. So baseball's more involved because, from what she told me, the single A and double A levels were really starting to kind of like, you know, you could go to like literally the sand lot all of a sudden, and people were like. I can't play on this. Yeah. Like, this is it. So they basically brought these standards in to kind of make everything the same. Right. And so that's where she's getting to have to send that stuff in. But I don't think, um, I think the affiliation is loosely, you know, attributed other than what it is. I, I told an interesting story to Casey. I don't think I told you guys, and I don't know if Spence knows this or not, if he was around when they did this, but, you know, the city actually made a deal with the Aces to say, okay, we want you to bring this in, we'll give you that land, right, or we'll, or we'll sell you the land at dirt cheap or however that works, and then you got to hit these certain attendance marks, and if you hit these attendance marks, we're going to give you five, six, seven, I can't remember the number was, million dollars back, you know, for this deal. And so they hit the attendance marks, and all of a sudden the city arena went, yeah, we don't want to give it to you anymore. And they sued him, and you can look into it. It's a pretty interesting article about how they had to sue him to get paid by the city. And the city was like, eh, we don't really think it's that good anymore. Thanks for building the field, but we're not going to pay you. And it was a big to-do. And they were like, what the heck? And it was it was like, I don't know, four or five years into the inception, they uh, they had to sue the city to get paid for what they did. That's, that's crazy, but it doesn't shock me, but that's... Yeah. Crazy because that goes on right everywhere. Right. So, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit pause because we're gonna do beer reviews here in a second. I know Mark's driving, but I gotta go run and grab one that's fucking sitting in the. Or, fuck it, you guys can just sit there and talk your brains off. I don't give a shit. I gotta go grab another beer. What fuck both of you? Did he take off, dude? He did grab a beer. I'm actually stopped and parked, and I'm drinking uh, while I'm parked at one of the uh, golf courses I help out at or, or consult at. I'm just sitting over here looking at these flat dicks that can't play, walk around just, you know, drinking <laughs> drinking beer and hitting ground balls up the middle. Nice. Um, so you better watch out. EOP's coming, and now I'm your rep. You're going to get blown up by I me know. now. You better watch out. I know. I get to. Here it comes. Fuck it. I mean, hell. I won't say it on this because I'll forget to edit it out. <laughs> hey, yeah. it just gives me another reason to come down to Phoenix. That's yeah, enough. and you know what? It gives me more of an incentive to be able to be brought back to go up there in the wintertime for your seminar. Never mind this fucking stupid podcast that I try to do up there, but at least I can go hang out there and it'll incentivize me to... Make it my worthwhile so I'm not looking like oh, I'm stealing or whatever. Because that's, well, I do know plenty of superintendents that just, they just want to be lunched and beard their life away, you know, and then they don't do anything for it. And I, I mean, I ain't going to lie. I've taken advantage a little bit here and there, but it's been offered to me. I went, never went out seeking and never put my name on a list. I was randomly asked to go to Bandon Dunes for free. Who the fuck's not going there, right? Doesn't mean I'm going to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start buying, you know, water in a jug from you because that's what it was. Do you need to go back outside? 
pigeon. Go see mommy. Go see mommy. Well, Beatty did that with uh, John Deere that one year, where he got oh. he went to Greenbrier and was told, you know, you don't have to do anything. We're just sending you blah 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 blah. And he came back, and the bid came in from John Deere higher than Toro, and they like gave him so much shit. And he's like, you guys are higher. And he's like, we took you to Greenbrier and all this. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We made sure that was like part of the deal in the beginning. Yeah. I made sure you were not. I said, now you're going to say that? Like, screw you. You yeah. know, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's a good way to lose every piece of business ever, right? Is to say something like that, with, you know, no matter what you're selling. But that's not good business is to get them with a bribe, you know. It never ends up working out really that good in the end, you know. For everybody, but anyways, let's move on to a beer review. So me and the wife went out to run a couple errands before. That's why we were a little bit late getting on to this thing. But went to Lake Pleasant Brewery right here down the street. I swear I live right down the road from that. Now I think two of the better breweries around here. Uh Simple Machine, of course, and then basically a mile away is Lake Pleasant Brewery. And I picked up one of their new beers. It's called Beer. And I thought it was great. It's a, yeah, it's a light lager. So and in their little description, it's basically, you know, it's what the top three big beers, it's their choice for it. So it's got this cool old school can, you know, just says beer on it. It's a uh, American light lager, 4.1% ABV. Yeah, that that looks like um, like some TV show where they just have like yeah, generic. Absolutely, dip. absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, just drink beer. That's it, what it is. It's the shit that uh, Dan from Roseanne drinks. That's yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's that's exactly what it is. Yep, but no, it's uh shit. Yeah, it it's your basic Coors Latte, you know, kind of. That's a, it's a good tasty beer. I it doesn't have that piss bite to it. It definitely tastes more like a good tasty, light beer. That's that's a par beer. I can't give that thing a birdie because it's, it's just it literally. I don't know what else you could name that. You, you know, other than it was Lake Pleasant Lager. That would be, be the only thing. But the fact that they went this direction with it and the marketing on it, it's great. But man. That brewery is, it's well worth checking out when you come down here, Mark, to try and sell stuff to me. Copy. And Spence, when you come down here for the, uh, oh, we'll hit the whole thing. When are you going to come down for the Jingweed, Arizona? Late March? Mark, I don't know. That's going to be a hard sell. I'm oh, gonna yeah, like... that's right. You got the Bambino coming. Yeah. I'll talk to the, I'll talk to the wife for him. It'll yeah. be easy. Yeah. She won't, won't want to see him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay good try good try <laughs> but and they had a pizza truck there tonight they do food trucks pretty much every night uh they do food trucks but they had pizzas going tonight which they looked good but i'm still the first time i ate pizza or any bread products in two months was when i was up there in tahoe because we were kind of eating as groups and whoo one piece of pizza hit me like a ton of bricks just got oh, yeah. in me. And it was like, 
that is the most food I've eaten in a long time. And it was fucking, well, those slices that we ate at that joint were maybe the heaviest slices of pizza I've had in a long time. But one piece, I was like, oh my God. And it just got in there, mixed in with the white claws and just fucking blew up like a sponge. It's like, (laughs) oh my God. What are you Uh, drinking, Ben? So I, uh, from Abel Baker Brewing, which has been on the the pod before, I've got the Atomic Duck. (laughs) That's a great can. Yep. Um, Let's see, this had the, yeah, 7%, 88 IBUs. Um, This is, when you tell someone that you had an IPA and they go, oh, I don't like IPAs, they're too fucking... IPA. This is the beer, right? This is (laughs) the the only one they've ever had, and that's the one that said no. I hate IPAs forever. Yeah, no. This is this is the textbook IPA. What's the ABV in it? ABV was seven percent. Oh, that's not even that bad. It's that bitterness, man. No, I find that some you know once I get over seventy, it's like holy shit. You know, 75 is really pushing it, but God, an 80 is no dice for this kid. No dice. I don't even touch them, really. I mean, I'll get the, hey, I'll take a sample of that thing, knowing that I'm going to hate it, absolutely hate it. Uh, I There was a new one at Simple Machine. Um, I can't even, I think it's called Crazy 8s, and it's obviously 8.8%, and it just booze. That's and you put it up to your uh, nose and it's just like, oh, I'd rather whiskey. You know, I just would rather drink whiskey or bourbon at that point because it's kind of borderline what it still tastes like. And it's like, yeah. no thanks. And I, I think the uh, IBUs were 86. And yeah, it was like, holy shit. And the little sampler, I mean, it was one sip and it was like, no thanks. And it was like, all right, I'll just take a shooter real quick of the last little sip just to make them not feel bad or not feel bad for doing for chucking it yeah so i ended up parking and have my mike hard lemonade pineapple seltzer oh nice i straight this is straight out of the wife's part of the refrigerator and uh it's uh did it come with an insulin needle i mean that's gonna be this (laughs) fucking sweetest goddamn thing ever it's great ABV, and I don't think these have IBUs because I can't read it. No, I bet not. No, it's got a sweetness factor. It is gluten-free. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, one gram of sugar and 100 calories, which is definitely something my fat ass needs to tone down a little bit. Yeah, I know how you see. We were drinking. I probably drank more White Claws in the four days that I was up there that I've had in a long, long time. And that's how you get over that. Thank God they're only 100 calories. I still somehow probably got 2,300 calories a day out of those things. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they were just going and going and going. And it was so nice. Put it in the ice, the Yeti cup, put it on ice. I mean, how can you stop playing golf like shit? Might as well drink <laughs> beers and have yeah. a good time. What? I don't I was going to say, that was probably some of the ugliest golf I've seen you play in a while. I uh, I think I, I said it to the boys on one of the rides back from the golf course. The Jingweeds, I play the worst golf ever. And it's because I'm just, 
I'm amped about the rest of the time. Like I'm just having so much fun. It's, you know, like I said, we got the DD going or we always are Ubering around town. So it's just boozing up. It's the last hurrah and it's hanging out with my buddies. It's acting like I'm 25 again, you know, and I find out real quick when the alarm goes off at five in the morning that it's, guess I'm not 25 anymore. So this is what 47 (laughs) feels like. But you just rally through, just fuck it, grab another one, let's go. You know, let's get after it again. And if uh, anybody is in town to that area, the, uh, what is the cafe that you sent me to, sent us to? (laughs) Oh, the cup. The The cup? cup? And I mean, minus everything else, that place is solid food. Solid food. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And the talent is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all in all a great little diner. And it looked like it took over like an IHOP, like the building itself. When you wheel into it, you're like, "Mm, this ain't much. And you open the door and it's like, oh, this is a legit kind of little family farmhouse style in the middle of Reno. And the food was fucking excellent. And it was packed for a Monday morning. always packed. That's the only problem with that joint is that you're literally, you know, we and the wife have gone there <coughs> a couple times and it's always packed. It just depends on what you're doing. It's just always jam-packed. There he is. We lost him. Oh, I was going to say, I, I knew we lost him there for a minute. I was trying to figure out if I could find him back. It's that garage filling up with fucking seagull smoke. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you smoke in there? You smoke some fucking hoot rods, man. Those things are big boys. Uh, yeah, I just I got a Padron six thousand smoking right now. Probably one of my go to kind of just good solid daily smoke. It was nice. Uh, Drew had those black and milds. Those things are fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> they're such a cheap little shitty thing, but they're fun. That you know you can chew on that yeah. little wooden. You know, mouthpiece. Those, those were really good. How many, uh, how many uh, uh, heaters did you burn off of Brandon? Uh, how many menthol heaters oh, no. did you bring off of him? No way. <laughs> I ain't smoking those fucking things. Me and cigarettes are not friends. But I can sit, a, I can sit and let a fucking cigar burn, you know, forever, just hanging out. But I smoke them like, like the kids do. As quote unquote, you know, I smoke it like Snoop smokes his, his cigars. So I'm just fucking take huge hauls and I inhale them because I think they're going to get me ripped and they just don't. They give me headaches. So I have to be yeah, easy right. with those things that you smoke. I can't just hang out and, you know, just puff on one. I'd yeah. like to start smoke. I'd like to check out a pipe like my, I could see sitting in a rocking chair smoking a pipe. Yeah. Because the smell of those things are great, and you really don't even smoke a pipe. You know, they just hang out. And it's way better than chewing. You know, Casey chews those snus things, and every so often I'm just like, give me one of those. And then you get a headache, and you spit it out, and it's like, nope, that's not what I want. And I dig into my golf bag, and I'm like, that's what I want. Here we go. <laughs> this, this is what I've been looking for the entire time. <laughs> I was like, there's the answer. Back to shitty golf. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. But no, it's, hey, whatever. 
everybody's got their vices or their things, right? Absolutely. Well, I thought. And hanging out in Tahoe is a great place for it. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought the group you brought was great. Obviously, I know Casey and Andrew, and not being Ryan, it was a perfect mix of guys. And um, you know, the way the, the just the whole time was no one was you know it was just perfect. Like no. everything was great. I mean, Spencer and I got done, and we immediately were like, "Okay, how are we doing in the next one? Or what are we doing?" And I have a I have a group of boys that I do this something similar to this with, but not for the money as much as it is just going out. And um, you know, the last two years I've taken customers out to. Arizona when I go out to work, you know, obviously, and they'll go, you know, they'll hang out, do whatever, and then go play golf afterwards, but yeah, I mean, I could see doing this every year, because the camaraderie was great, the, the the group together was great, and, you know, it's a, it's a tough spot for us with the time frame, but obviously being here is a little easier, and then, like I said, for us trying to come down in March is going to be yeah. tough for you guys, no, but... It's- no, it's and actually we're that's going, we're, going. we're talking about going uh, to one of our next destinations in March or April, because at that point we're so busy and everything is what it is. I mean, we're if it's if your golf course isn't exactly where you want it here by spring training, then fucking spray it out and start again with Bermuda grass. You know, it's it's over. Um, but at that point, it's really mow and get the fuck out of the way. So that's a good time, or at least for me, to go. It starts to get into that late April, May, where me leaving is, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, as far as, because now we're starting the cultural practices. Now we're starting to rip out some ryegrass. We're spraying stuff out. We're making sure either what we have sprayed or haven't, you know, we're figuring out the plan. We've probably starting a solid time and top dress way more, you know, than we were getting ready for the summertime, trying to get it to transition and still be good. Then by June, I ain't leaving, you know, June 1st to July 1st, I, I don't feel comfortable leaving. And even still July 1st is, it's usually, you know, my birthday is the end of July. So, uh, what am I? Seven. I'm celebrating my birthday. No, I just, uh, it's, uh, I pick that as kind of the day of like, all right, I've made it, not really made it through the summer, but I can start to ease off. Cause by then, you know, the monsoons hopefully have started to kick in and the golf course is coming around the way you want it. It's at least heading in the right direction. Your airifications are done. You know, at least your big one is done. Um, so yeah, I think March end of March is a good spot for us. Uh, when do you open, Spence? Is, do you have a hard you have a hard date of closure? Do you have a hard do you have a hard date that you guys shoot for, and then weather plays? So weather plays the deciding factor, and I would say kind of a month before we're going to open, we decide what that date's going to be. But typically, it's going to be. So it's May, uh, May 13th. Okay. So you can do it in March other than the Bambino. Yeah. So you're two years. March is a good spot for all of us because it's kind of like, you know, you can have snow on the ground, you can not, but you're still not going to be in the temperature to do anything. Even right. if you don't have snow on the ground, it's like you're just sitting there waiting for soil temps and everything to come up. It's very rare. Right. And we're going to get warm in March. We're just going to be cold. I will say the only thing that could happen 
would be massive snow and ice. I was going to say, uh, I was going to oh, move on to this. Oh, fuck. Need to clear all the snow and get the ice off. Right. Do you anyway. co- do you guys cover greens? Because I think uh, no. And at Montreal, at Montreal, only four of them. No, I think we were doing six when I was there. I okay. heard they're going to do like fucking thirteen or some shit. Oh, really? I thought Drew had said less, but it, I mean, at oh, that. I mean, is there a reason why not to, other than adding more work? It's a shit ton of work. The covers that they're using are uh, non-permeable covers, so oh. if you you got to be out there blowing air under them all winter long, exchanging anything that's underneath and trapped in there. And man, just the storage on those things is right. I can imagine. <laughs> so yeah, you pick and choose, and you can see the sod marks, which it seemed Drew said is pretty much. That's every year, even when you were there, you were doing kind of those same few greens always, no matter what. Yeah. So it's just part of the plan at this point, right? Yeah, any of them that had a hill behind them where, you know, melted snow could run on the surface and onto the green. Yeah. We are trying to put a cover on those ones and ones that were shaded more than others. Those were kind of the key, the key greens to cover. And you guys don't do any at your place? No, no, need, no need to, or no resources to. Um, some of both. It stays a little bit colder up there, and cold okay. is your friend. Yeah, yeah. We do a really thorough deep time, like as late as we can get away with doing it, and then we top dress the shit out of them. Yeah, just the absolutely that, bury them, right? You, you know, you just got tips showing through, so that in itself is going to act as a a blanket to some extent right so it's have you ever thought yeah. of have you guys ever thought of throwing like straw and shit on there uh we talked about that at montreal and you know just to just to back up a little bit the other big difference between incline and montreal is poa and bent grass right bent grass has got a lot more longevity under ice right yeah so god that's something I've never dealt with and think. I say thank God, but yet I deal with the other bullshit, right? The transition mm-hmm. bullshit and all that stuff, but... Yeah. It's a fun world we live in. You know, yeah. just a grind. Just keep on grinding, keep on pushing. But yeah, I say March is the time. Yeah, it'll be good for... Spends, spends two guys. days away. Yeah. Two days. That's all we got to tell the wife. Two days. Yeah, and we'll turn it into three. <laughs> <laughs> or me, I'll turn it into a week. I usually I try to do a week. I mean, that's pretty much the standard deal for me. Is you know try to get as many people seen and as much done in a week as possible. Yeah. But like, here's the difference: you'll drive. It's gonna take you two days to get there and two days to get back. I'll fly and yep. save myself. Yeah. Yeah, and we got plenty of plenty of room here. Plenty of room here for whoever wants to stay. So that's free. I'll curl up with Frankie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, and she will take up the entire bed. <laughs> There'll be no room for a bed with you two fucks in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you... Uh, what about... Uh, what about um, are you... How are you looking for overseed? I mean, you bought what you bought last year. Did nope. you go up a little bit? Did you um, go down? I bought uh, 
two tons more, but my plan is um, to still throw 300 and then sweeten the fairways to get them to about 350 and then paint. Um, it's not, it's there for the availability. Uh, we were, I was getting a little worried about like divots and things like that. So I went real, real thin on the divots, which I think I'm going to do again. It's more or less a comfort. Um, my issue right now is going to be water. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with, um, really the amount it's getting it out of the ground. Uh, my wells are no bueno. Um, running together, two straws, one cup, is starting to show its face. Um, I can't, with two of them running, I basically have to find this sweet spot in the speed of the pump to get the water up the shaft and into the pond and basically open, it's not even enough to open the check valve that's there. And when I do, I start to watch the pressure on one of them when both of them are running start to bounce. That means it's, you know, basically, you know, it's the levels going up and down that much inside the aquifer. Yeah, it's cavitating that much in the uh, in the well there that I almost need a, somebody to stand there. Otherwise, we're going to burn up another fucking motor and pump. And that's just not worth it. So the city water's on. Um, when I, Tuesday after this holiday, my first is to call two hydrologists that I got names of and come on out and we need to go look for another hole. But we're, if that started tomorrow, we're a year away before water comes out of that hole. You know, so that's going to be interesting. I don't feel that it's going to be, you know, thank God I get a month. You know, thank God I get a month to overseed because that's going to buy me the time with the less, with the little bit of water. I push the overseed back a week. Hopefully temperatures are down. I think it's all going to come in eventually because it always does unless you have absolutely zero water. Um, But I got a little bit extra just in case of this situation kind of coming up with the lack of water to get it real wet right away and keep it wet. Uh, so we'll be pumping plenty of wetting agents to keep the place as wet as I can. But I just think it's, um, I think it's going to take a lot longer. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm expecting a full 10 days of germination on ryegrass where with our warmth and good moisture, you're, you seeing hairs pop at five, six days every year, yeah. you know, this is going to be a, okay, don't, don't get worried. I'm going to have to go into this that way. My head is thinking, don't worry about this. Don't worry about it. It's going to come. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And that's going to be the hard part because usually I just have enough water to just keep it as wet as I can for those first four days um, and almost overwater it. But you find always the areas that are overwatered, you know, there's little dips in the fairways and stuff that collect a lot of water. They fucking germinate in four days and then it's the thickest goddamn grass going. Um, So, you know, I wonder how it's going to go as far as, you know, it's just going to be different, I think, than every other year. So as far as like when I'm going to start mowing, am I going to start mowing at seven days or am I going to start mowing at 12 days? 
you know, things like that. Or 10 days to 12 days, not seven. Uh, that would be real fucking early. And we just ripping roots right back out of the ground. But so that's the only issue that I can see. But again, thank God I have thir- you know, four weeks to do it. And then if it, and then, you know, as far as being the family business, we don't really have to worry if it doesn't come in that great and it's still kind of coming along. It's absolutely car path only, you know, whereas we try to open first weekend carts in the fairways and then we go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, car path only for uh, two weeks. Well, maybe this year it's three weeks, maybe it's four weeks. You know, we just kind of, we have that luxury to just kind of move on the fly we always, me and Martin talk about it a lot. It's that being able to pivot at any moment just because it's it's our way and it's that's the way it is. We don't have to answer to anybody else. You know, we make the decision of what we want to do. So that's a, lu- a huge luxury, I, I feel. So, I don't know. I'm how definitely ready water, for it. Huh? How much does the, how much does the city water cost? Hmm. Uh, it is three ninety five a gallon. Uh, sorry, if three ninety five for a thousand gallons, and once you reach a million gallons, it's all retroed back to four ninety five a gallon. So it goes quick, you know. But you know, I try to have this conversation with the family. Is hey, it's still not so bad because we hear the golf course across the street is five hundred thousand dollars. A year. Like, that's their starting budget. $500,000 a year. You know, we use this month, that month. You know, once we get through the overseed and we get the ryegrass down and the weather cools, my well, my one well totally sustained the place, no problem. It's going to be on the back end of when we transition. You know, that's yeah. where I think we, use, you know, I feel that's where we're using the most water. It's not the overseed. We hear a lot of people talk about, oh, the overseed, you know, if we cut out overseed, you know, we'll save so much water. And yes, because the end result is transition. But transition is where I find we use the water. You know, we're just pounding that place with water, trying to keep it wet, get the Bermuda grass growing, because you're trying to create that you know, that little atmosphere right at the crown of the plant is where you're trying to create humidity. You, you know, stand six feet tall, six, nine, if you're Spencer, uh, you're up in the atmosphere there where it's not quite as humid, but you lay down on the ground, it gets humid as shit. That's the area we want to create that. So you don't feel it at your head, but you get, you don't care what the humidity feels at your head. You want it at your feet. So you're just pounding water as the temperatures start gr- going up, and then it's so goddamn dry, the air out here, that it's just ev- how much of it's evaporating and all that shit. I mean, you're just going through water like crazy. That's where I worry next year, where I stand with this. So put put less put less rye on it, and hopefully it's less transition issues. And I did find this It's hard to tell because it's the first year. Uh, and we did have a pretty humid summer there. Uh, so transition was the best. But I can't equate that to less ryegrass, you know, put down. It's just, it's everything over the 10 years that I've been there that have made it, everything's working 
in our favor. You know, every year it gets better. That's the goal, right? No matter what it is, every year you should be better. You should be looking to be better and better and better. And uh, this year was definitely the best that I've ever had. What is, what's the key component? It's the whole, it's the whole deck of cards at this point, you know? So without any problems, it didn't go backwards. So we said, fuck it. We're just going to throw out the same amount of seed and go from there. And I like the paint idea, but, uh, no, it's, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the change, you know, get a little something different going on. And usually the change of overseeding means here's the reason why we all moved to Arizona. You know, it's going to be beautiful for the next six, eight months. So. Yeah, no, it's a good time. And, I mean, you know, we're, we all don't get the blessing that Spence gets to have the free water from the lake just pumped over, you know. Well, uh, I mean, you know, if I could and, get and it out of, but if I could get it out of the ground, I'm damn near in the, I mean, $1,800 a, a year? $1,800 a year is what I would pay if I had enough water. Oh, right, right, right. You know, that's less than your house. You know, so, and it's the... How deep do you have to drill a well there? Um, So, both of mine are at 750, and then on hole number six and seven, which are kind of, we call it, we always say it's across the street, and it's across the main road through Fountain Hills, is the town's well. And that pump, that's at 750 feet, and it pumps 2,200 gallons a minute. So is that where the actual pump is, or is that how yeah. deep the case? No, the that the pump sits at 750. I think okay. mine are at 742 and 735. The casings on both of those are at 750. So the city well is, it's probably on uh, elevation-wise, it's probably... 20 feet below maybe not even 10 feet below but it sits more of an in a canyon and uh the aquifers are allegedly different allegedly which i can see how they are but they're only 600 yards away 600 700 yards at most 600 yards away and but my two wells are 60 feet away from each other so it's legitimately pumping out of the fucking same cup yeah I argued, I knew nothing about it, and it still pisses me off that I didn't, I thought I fought as hard as I could uh, over where that thing was going, but I wasn't the one paying the bills. Right. You know, and I think at this point, I think if Martin was the one paying the bills uh, at the time, it would have been different. We would have definitely went searching somewhere else. Uh, So if I can go to where the other one is, get a hundred yards away from there into the same aquifer we're paying you know probably a million bucks to get in the ground and put a casing in we haven't put a motor or any electrical and then we'll have to pipe it up the 600 yards to where the pipe connects now for the other two wells and then that will go to the lake so We'll see how that goes and I don't know what the rules are right now as far as if we tap into and we dig a well and we start pumping water and it starts affecting the city's water because that's obviously a much bigger company than we are. They must they must be if we affect them, they're going to come right after us with lawyers and yeah. we'll be done but, in a second, you know. 
It'd be nice to get your straw 20 feet deeper than theirs, though, wouldn't it? Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems, and this is talking with the guys that drilled ours and the guys that drilled or rehabbed the one that was, because when I first started there, all the equipment, and it was a well that was abandoned, and it was just this chain link fence around old shit equipment in between number six and seven fairway. And then the city um, or a water company sold off to another water company that was going to take it over. They didn't even know they had this thing till my owner contacted them and said, hey, we would like to buy this well. And it was like, what? You got, There's a well down there? And they didn't even know what they bought. And they sent some people down. It's a Canadian company, sent them down here. A couple of people inspected it. And it was like, yeah. You can buy it from us for X. And it was like, well, that's insane. I think they wanted to, they said to us, well, you spend three ninety five per thousand gallons with the city. We'll sell you water from ours. You rehab it, you rebuild and redig the well, and then we'll sell it to sell the water to you for 69 cents per thousand gallons. But yet we would have had to pay to redo the entire well. So there's another million bucks plus you know, 69 cents per thousand gallons. So we obviously said no, but uh, at least, I mean, you look at it as we'd have plenty of water, plenty of fresh, clean. The only problem, well, our well used to be city water way back in the day. And it's not because when the Clean Water Act came out in what, 83 or 84, uh, I think we're, I've heard as low as 11 parts per million high in arsenic that it can't be drinking water. Mm, right. So, uh, so it's fucking good, clean water. You know, yeah. I mean, Frankie drinks it every day, comes right out of the fucking sprinkler heads and she gets smoked by it. And I don't know, she's a little special, so it might be causing some problems. <laughs> Well, the cavitating thing was a big was a big deal at the club I was at for the longest time. And same thing, we had a main producing well. We had seven wells on the proper one that was the you know mama well, right? And everything else was fifty, seventy-five gallons a minute. And then this was the you know three hundred, and it was drilled just eight hundred feet, but it was only set at one twenty-five. And so they said, okay, and it started cavitating. So we were like, all right. We need to just lower it. And this is a time when we were in bankruptcy. We didn't have a lot of money. And so we had convinced the, you know, the new owner to lower this well. And we found out we could lower it another 125 feet without having to change any of the pumping dynamics. You didn't have to change anything to the actual hydraulic. You could just lower it, put more casing in, 250. So we did that. And for the first two weeks, it was 300 kicking. And after two weeks, it started cavitating. Oh. And it was the fastest $7,000 we ever spent. It was two weeks. Yeah, $7,000 ain't bad. No, so, well, that's oh. bad, you know. No, I know. And, and I don't know where it is now, but same thing. There, You know, three of those other seven wells, or three of the total, were all coming from the same aquifer, right? And so it was like, what have you. And then there was an aquifer that was across the canyon that we found out was... Um, there was a well drilled there that was producing 550, and we were trying to convince that owner to let us, you know, basically pay for the pipe right. to get it, and then we buy the well from them, and they didn't want to sell. And, but I mean, the well 
mean, I, I dealt with it for a long time and the way, you know, you try to find it and, and how these hydrologists look for it and find it. It's a wild freaking thing. It's funny because, you know, forever it, this is my, put my tinfoil hat on here for a second. For so long, there wasn't enough money in finding water. So they didn't really give a shit, you know, like they find oil from like fucking Pluto they can look down on Earth and they're like, oh yeah, there's oil like right there. They have these scanner sensors and they're digging and they got, you know, fracking and all this other shit that gets you oil. No problem. You mean to right. tell me right. you can't figure out how to dig? 750 feet ain't that fucking deep, right? So is there water down yeah. there and how much is there? I know a golf course out here, uh, $800,000. And all you do is you... You know, they got to put in a fucking test hole. They got to pump it. Okay, there's water there. All right, let's bore this thing out. Let's put a casing in. Let's put the pump in there. And let's start sucking off it and see what we get. And 700, oh, sorry, $800,000 later, 100 gallons a minute. It's fucking useless out here. It's, I mean, 100 gallons a minute is useless out here. I mean, it's not useless if you got 10 of those doing that. But if right. you just spend eight hundred thousand dollars on a well that pumps, you know, and then you gotta hope it's good, you know, you gotta hope that it's decent water because out here there's so many different. Like I have good water. Dan is nine miles away at Rio Verde, and their wells pump some of the shittiest water going, and it's they're way closer to the river, which is weird. You know, so it's complete crapshoot, which seems crazy to me fucking lifeblood of every living goddamn thing and you can't figure out how to get it and if it's good or not before you dig and spend a million dollars to get in there so here's something that's kind of funny so one of my customers um, here's something kind of funny hold that thought because i have to piss so fucking bad okay go for it go for it go for it i'm almost done with my peanut don't shake your head at me how many cigars do we smoke Today or on the pod? Four. Four today. This is number five. That sounds about right. Where are we golfing tomorrow? Where's the dogs? In the house. Why don't you have the dog thing over there? They don't like you? Nope. Are you going to be stabbing the baby doesn't like you? Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Continue so, on. When we were talking about Clear Creek, uh, which is just on the other side of Spencer's track in Incline, um, I have a customer, Clear Creek is, you know, the top country club, one the second one in Nevada, number two in Nevada. They get their water from Spencer. Yeah. <laughs>
they're putting in whatever chemical they can put in to treat the water. And there's Spencer smoking his fucking cigar, taking the clean water out of Tahoe, telling the number two country club, you can, you know, go suck it. I'm using the fresh water, right? Yeah. And you can use all the toilet flush. And they aren't even like, there's no conversation about like, let's, you know, treat it with some fresh, let's, you know, negotiate the, you know, let's figure something out. He's actually got a meeting with them, not next week, week after, to kind of go, what can I do to pay to get this water to be better? Because they're the only user. And yeah. in, in all of it, they're the only user. It's just one golf course. So all the toilet flushers, and you would think with the amount of organic food being eaten there, the water would be a little <laughs> bit better, but, but it's not. And I don't understand what the fuck's going on. If you guys need to eat more quinoa and more mm-hmm. fucking, you know, everything else, because this is ridiculous. So, That's and there's Spence. His course doesn't have to touch any of it. It's just, it's just, the way the water is so weird sometimes. I think it's, it, 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 it goes everywhere like that. It's so fucking, it's such a hot, crazy topic. And then, I don't know, it, we're going to fight this forever. You know, this water issue. Uh, you guys get it. Spence gets to pump it. We fight over it. We got a guy writing an article about it. Everybody's standing on top of the hill screaming about it. Fucking, you know, North Carolina just got another rainstorm. I saw one area out there, one of the golf courses, 72 inches of rain they've had this year. 72 inches of rain, you know. And then you go around the globe and it's like, you know, places, you see what's going on in Pakistan? I mean, Pakistan is like one of the hottest, driest countries there is. And they've a third of the country, over a third of the country, a little over a third, underwater under fucking water imagine what that's like and then uh with the air is mississippi they get smoked every year i mean i don't those poor people i i would move so far out of there immediately but i guess if it's the only thing they've ever known of growing up there it's like oh yeah this is normal life you know we don't have snowstorms and this is cool but we just get nuked by floods every year or you know we're just coming into hurricane season you know those things are going to be bigger and crazier. It's fucking, it's nuts. But uh, there's a town in New Mexico I saw. Uh, it's actually Las Vegas, New Mexico. They have 20 days left of water. If what? it goes right now, 20 days. Why isn't that? Why isn't that been talked about or discussed? Here's a town of 13,000 people, small town. They have 20 days. The area near Dan's uh, golf course. Down in Rio Verde, uh, not his community or Tonto Verde, the golf course communities, because those are the de- developments that are given rights to water. We're talking the ranches that, right. you know, Mark, you know this area in between yeah. Tonto Verde right. and Scottsdale National. That's all right. ranch land, right? They're out of water. And Scott, they used to, they're basically the ranches. These are big ranches, big old, like, uh, what do they call those things? Uh, the the horses, uh, the little dancey ones that go around. Spence, you can help with this because your wife is uh, <laughs> Arabians. The Arabian horses, the ones that kind of like look pretty and they dance. I think that's big out there. But anyways, they would have trucks come to their house and fill their giant water tanks. And they would buy it off of Scottsdale. Scottsdale says, no mas, no mas. They're looking to go to New River, which is gotta be 
40 miles, 50 miles away. They're the first municipality that will even start to discuss with them where they're going to get their water. But they're done. So big, big ranches. I'm talking big money, millions. Plus everybody else that lives out there. They're out. No more water. Like, where the fuck is that coming from? Where did this Where did this come from? We all saw it coming from what we thought a million miles away that oh yeah water will be an issue but and it's always been but man the past six months eight months it has taken a turn that i don't think any of us would have expected you know why did we never hear that a town las vegas uh, new mexico they're going to be out in 20 days at the rate they're going so that's probably means 30 30 days they'll be out of water you know, and then the town, you know, Rio Verde or whatever they call that area, uh, they're done. We're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. But then lo and behold, here comes the Tesla of water. Elon will have pipelines running everywhere. <laughs> he'll be buying Twitter, Instagram, and fucking Snapchat and TikTok. And he'll be like, yep, we got water everywhere. No problem. We've had these pipes going forever. Yeah, I think I think and that's all it is of, is you know, money. Money drives. Yeah. yeah. There's a the guy the the gentleman that was my um, that ran the internship program in Northern California does a thing with Monterey for water and they they've worked on and and used and use a recycled drinking water, you know, deal that you guys were talking about on the pod last time where they literally plug toilets to make it drinkable. It's it's in use right now. Now it's at a small scale, right? It's not large mm-hmm. scale, but it's done. And it's yeah. a lot of money to do, but it's done. I mean, that's where we have to be. If we're not there, like you guys are saying, soon, we're all fucked. Yeah, it, well, it's, I mean, it's, this is, again, strap on the hats, right? The tinfoil ones. It's all of a sudden going to be fixed, which is going to be, it's real fucked up. You know, the right money behind it. Who's collecting the money on the other end of it? And whoop, here it is, all set. We found water. You know, we found oil all of a sudden. We found rockets that will fly from fucking here to there and supersonic speeds. All You know, all of a sudden, the shit f- comes floating the surface. But it just gets you in the tizzy just to make people fucking, hey, you fucking all think you got it right? They put the little choker on, they give it a good quick yank, and they reset everybody in their brain, make their head go another direction, and start thinking about their life is going to fucking end. And then uh, they look like superheroes later when they go, oh, here it is. We've got water for everybody. Drink up, fuckers. You can flush your toilet and drink your shit. (laughs) Yeah, I could go on forever about it. Hey, did you guys hear me on the fucking foreplay podcast? That was pretty good. You guys yeah, catch that? Good. I went fucking banana lands. I yeah. uh, I figured that uh, if I had a chance to speak with those guys, which I've been wanting on there for a long time, just to give them shit, and I wish Riggs was there so I could give them shit. But uh, yeah, I took the opportunity to speak for this matter right here is the water issue. And the article that was written about us using water and not being conservative of the water that we don't have, allegedly... Um, but no, it was good. And, uh, 
I don't know. I've gotten a lot of compliments for as crazy as I kind of went, but I figured I'd crank it up. A, I knew the notch I could get to, and I just thought to myself, I just got to go one more. I can go one more and just unload and maybe not let them get a fucking word in while I did it. No, I thought it was good. I mean, to be on that and to, you know, put the, you know, put it on notice and what was going on, I thought it was perfect. So hopefully you get to get invited back on some other platform, right? Meaning, you know, talk about something else than, than just that. Right. And, uh, you know, what have you and just keep growing it. But yeah, I thought it was great. And I think it opened everybody's eyes and, you know, who knows, maybe some of those people all of a sudden were looking at, uh, looking up who this Hungarian <laughs> all i want i want to knock on his door and all i want to do is ask him questions be like hey man shit's fucked up you were fucked up but anywho hey my little phone just told me that i have 10 percent <coughs> excuse me battery left i have 80 percent of this par beer it's still a power beer, but it's a very good Sunday night sipper. We need to work in the morning on the holiday. Um, this thing's fucking awesome. You're going to have to check this thing out. Spence, what was that beer? Give that place. Well, this is Lake Pleasant Brewery, American Light Lager uh, here in Arizona. Spence, give one more shout of that beer that you got there. Yeah, this is uh, Abel Baker in Las Vegas, the Duck. Nice. The Atomic Duck and the Giant IPA Bitterness. And the uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, Lemon Spritzer. It's gone. It's already in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> did you finish it? I did. I nice. finished it. It was delicious. Nice. All right, boys. I want to thank you again for the hospitality of letting the jingweeds come up there and uh, play some golf. Let's do it again. Come down here. If not... Maybe I'll bring my uh, I'll bring my winter sticks when I go up there in the winter time. Maybe maybe something will be clear. We can go. You guys don't have top golf up there or anything, do you? Uh, but there will be places in Reno we'd be able to get around in for Ooh, sure. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's right. A cold, that's a cold round. That's Whatever. A cold we round. we used to play all. The, I mean, if there's no snow on the ground where I where I grew up, it's you play. Ball goes far. It just mm-hmm. dribbles down the fairway, just bounces and bounces and bounces that, and bounces. Is that spelled F A H? Fa. Fa, yeah. It's F A H, yeah. Ball goes okay. fa. Check. Yep. Okay. It's the same fa that's in fought. You know, the fought <laughs> that comes out of your ass. All right, boys. Oh, we heard a couple of those. <laughs> Whatever. It was more out of your fucking stink knot. <laughs> All right, thanks, boys. Spencer Nelson, Incline Country Club or Incline Village, and uh, Mark Stutzman, Simplot Partners. Thanks, boys. Later. Stay pissed, everybody. Take it easy. Love you, Dad. Dad. Excuse me, bitches. I live from the last of the cast, my twisted. No, no sleep for the vicious. Key up a cop car just to see mischief. Ah. I'm a nut punch wizard, speed bag and ball bag, leave none in it. We, we got one ambition, we up and puff to the month go missing. Big, big, big black fella with a full fifth in the back, backpack fella. I, I rumble, don't stumble, young fella, got a stinger in the 69 bumble, be yellow. I mean, I mean.
Queens town a big city bank teller Had my wife here with her, so I hate her, can't tell her President uh, sweet, got uh, fucked, boy, uh, jealous I'm the Nelson Mandela of Atlanta, don't sell her hey, I'm, a, I'm a goddamn savage, eat with no hands, I don't even use napkins yeah. Mug says number one bastard, show up in George with a hatchet, laughing AL the ARs and option for any asshole wanna talk and pop shit So quit playing pussy or the pistol will pop off And get your whole face pushed back or knocked off Yeah. 